You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Californication After Show, Season 7, Episode 2, where you know we rock out with our cocks out, but we can get down to biz when necessary. Real talk. Real talk. I'm Phil Svitek. I am Andreas Skordos. Hey, guys, and I'm Stephen Lemieux over here in the corner. That's right. Every week we're missing the first episode. Every week we're adding a new person, so next week we're going to add our fourth and final panelist, Roxy Stryer. Get some estrogen in this room. I feel like there's too much testosterone. Yeah, well, you know, for these few first few episodes, it might be necessary. True story. And then we'll bring in the girl. Um, it's called Julia, aptly titled. Yes, after Levon's mom, <laughs> Heather Graham. <laughs> Indeed. But before we get to, as always, kind of uh, Hank's storyline, let's start off with Runkle and his uh, his continuation of problems. Uh, in the bedroom. Yeah, nothing's changed since the last episode. He's still having problems with his uh, apparatus not working correctly. <laughs> so this time he resorts to the blue pill for ED. And I don't know. <laughs> he almost had it when 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 he thought that Stu was using it for the same purpose. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like it's, oh, yeah, Stu used him all the time. Oh, you mean he had trouble with ED? Oh, no, we just used it for fun. It was like a T-1000 boner. It's like. Yeah, she compared it to. To a T-1000, which is like... <laughs> Nothing is more emasculating than hearing about... Her ex-boyfriend's horse cock. Just other guys in general in the bedroom. That's what's killing his boner. I mean, it has to be. You keep comparing it to her ex, you know, ex's like huge T-1000, and of course he's going to have trouble with erectile dysfunction. It's like... Don't do that. That's a that's a boner kill for sure. Well, it's so. like not just in the bedroom. It's like every conversation Aspect she has, yeah. she throws something in there about Stu and what they did together. And it's like, oh, we had sex in this room, this room, this room. But the fact that she's like, while he's taking the pill, she's on the bed just like doing all these random jazzercises. Well, she's oh. at least she's encouraging. Hey, most women would be annoyed. Yeah, I feel like elite. You know what I mean? She's crazy, and her pointing to her hoo ha. He's a yeah. He's a glutton for punishment, though. I don't think most men would actually put up with the half of the shit she puts them through. But I mean, they're a match made in heaven. They work. I think they work well together. They so. put each other through hell. I mean, they interrupt Hank about to tell Karen about uh, Levon and everything. Yeah, and she gives a whole analogy about sucking a baby's cock Ugh. because. It was like sucking a hot dog covered in foreskin, but it got smaller as she sucked it. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. Oh, that is the worst. It's like a baby pee. Like, oh, God. What is it about him that she's attracted to at this point? I mean, I think it's just the history. They have the history. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's that and the promise of uh, greener pastures later to come, perhaps. But I feel like when you start comparing your significant other's penis to a, like a foreskin uh, hot dog wrapped in foreskin, I feel like all. The attraction has gone out the window, and it's like, no, it's just, 
I don't know. It's, it's sad. But it's it's them. I, I mean, you know, uh, I, it was hilarious finally seeing him wor- watching the PA or the intern, whatever it was. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it's, you know, maybe he doesn't have an issue with his thing working. Maybe he's just not attracted to Marcy anymore. Well, it's kind of weird because you'd think he would be attracted to Marcy because he fi- fought so much for her, but it was yeah. mostly the chase in some yeah. respects because they – their marriage wasn't perfect before they split up in the first place. Yeah. And then, I mean, he was cheating on her and all that. And now they're back together. The the kind of difference between Hank's marriage and Marcy and Runkle's marriage is really whenever we're talking or whenever we see Runkle and Marcy, they're not really talking about life issues. It's all sex. Yeah, they're trying it's to It's completely sex related. And then Hank has like – Hank is where there's feelings involved. And Hank's mm-hmm. the one who's getting sex with everyone but really doesn't really care for it. He cares for the feelings involved. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird... They both have different needs. Uh, obviously, Runkles is more physical, and Hanks is more emotional. I think, I think ironically, Levon and um, and Runkle will kind of bond. I think it, it, you saw a little bit tonight when they were staring out the ass. Yeah. But it, and even Hank made the comparison, like, you know, you can learn... You and Runks. And Runks is already, like, his uncle. He, <laughs> he's, he, he says Uncle Runk to him or something like that. Yeah. Levon needs a... A father figure in his life. So whether he gets it from his actual father, who we have no idea if that's his father yet. There hasn't been any DNA tests, and he doesn't seem like he wants to press that issue. Or whether he gets it from Uncle Runks. He def- definitely has that void in his life that he needs to fill. And it's kind of sad, but... Well, I mean, are we getting into Levon now, or are we going to wait a little bit more? Uh, I, I only brought it up as a comparison to Runks. Okay, yeah, we'll wait a little bit. Uh, but uh, the other story, let's talk about the writer's room. Oh, I love was, it. You know, that's a whole new cast of characters that we're we're in love with now. Such a dysfunctional writer's yeah. room. Is any writer's room really? I mean, uh, my my roommates are both writers, and they, they tell me about the writer's room and the things like that. And they're, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the people who are very eccentric, and yeah. of course, we're in Hollywood. You're going to deal with the people like, I need to be gluten-free, can't touch any shellfish, can't touch... Like, those people. But, like, usually... It works like how it was in that in that one moment where everyone's like throwing out ideas, like building on stuff. Mm-hmm. It's usually not everyone just hates each other. Yeah. Unless it's a very poorly managed writer's room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, all these guys hate what they're working on. It didn't seem like anybody wanted to be there in the first place. It didn't seem like Rath even wants to be there, and he's like the head of the project. Doesn't seem like he can fire who he wants either. Yeah. I feel like Hank entering that little like. I think Hank coming into that party, I think he's going to be a breath of fresh air. For the most part, I think people might get excited about writing again. And just for that one example where he was talking about, well, what's going on? What's in your mind? Because he said he wasn't all there and he was talking about, you know, Levon being his son, about, you know, a son that he never knew he had. People actually got excited because there's some material that they could actually, you know, go off of. So he but might I think, be. I, the, the girl, though, do you have that t- stereotypical person of like, that's just going to bounce on? Yeah. You'll just yeah, do yeah. it, you know, maybe. And it's like, okay, that's a little bit too far to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, portions of it can be used, but like, yeah. we don't have to all go there. Um, I can't figure out Terry, but Terry is. Amazing. Yeah, we're trying to figure out if whether he's a girl or a boy. But she hates Hank for being a rapist. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm working with a rapist. Yeah. I don't feel safe being in the same office as somebody who's a convicted rapist. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, I got raped by her, but I mean, you don't see reading that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting because like, Hank's a novelist. He's not really like a writer, like a TV writer. There's such mm-hmm. a different way. It's like when you're a novelist, you write your story, you write your transcript, you get some notes from the publisher and then you change it a little bit. 
But all in all, your story is the same. Mm-hmm. When you're in a writer's room, it's like one idea is yours, one idea is someone else. It creates a collage of ideas to create an overall concept that is what they turn the script into, and one writer gets that and writes the script. But So I don't know how Hank's going to cope with, like, oh, he might have a good idea, but it gets trampled over by this terrible idea that somebody else does, but they chose that over his. So yeah. I feel like we're going to see some sabotage in the future of somebody else's idea was like what they went with, but yeah. then he probably takes the script, makes annotations to it, puts his own ideas in, and turns that in as the original. Yeah, his ego might get the better of him. But it'll make it better, I think. That's yeah, well, there'll definitely think, be some tension in that room, for sure. I mean, I think, if anything, I think if he doesn't like the idea, he'll just do his typical uh, joking fashion. So he'll write the script as it's supposed to be, but, you know, they're like, what is this? You called for it, right? The guy, he goes yeah. and he, he rapes the kid. <laughs> yeah. This is not what we wanted. What? That's the story idea. So I, I, did, I wrote it. I already sent it to Rath. I mean, he already proved it. I mean, I took your ideas, guys. Yeah. So I, th- I, I don't know. I think maybe we'll see a combination of both. It's I love how every personality is just so different. You have the you have the one guy who's trying to help Hank of like dude twenty years of uh, alimony. You don't want to go down that road. I got a lawyer for you. Got a lawyer for you. That was funny. We don't know his name yet, do we? No, we don't know his name. But then we also get introduced to uh, Hugh, who's like, oh, we got cupcakes. And go- go- yeah, Hugh. And then we got Goldie, who's gluten free. Yet her. Salad is Hugh, definitely not gluten-free. Hugh is the type of guy that just loves the free food aspect of it. Yeah. Because he loves his burger. <laughs> Hashtag lunch. Um, and Goldie is just the... I, I don't know how to classify her, but yeah, she, she's the... T- at least for now, she's the typical person who's just allergic to everything. Yeah. Well, it seemed like everything. she was making eyes at Hank, too, a little bit, too. You couldn't, could Sexually you... frustrated girl with a lot of food allergies. Yeah. And I feel like Hugh, for some reason, he probably was a PA and just moved his way up because people were quitting or getting fired. So I don't know if he was actually a writer to begin with. I feel like maybe he was a PA and then somebody quit and he became a writer's assistant and then there might have been a position for him. So Well, like even Rath says it at the end. It was like, yeah, we got a, we got a PA position to open up because uh, we had to move someone up to a writer's assistant because they complained about cleaning up the puke too much. Yeah. And I think he was referencing Goldie then, right? No, well, no, he was referencing Goldie as the one who puked, but yeah. I don't, she wasn't the writer's assistant, I don't think. No, 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 but yeah, the one who puked. I feel like Wrath is probably a difficult person to work for, and if you're able to put up with this crap, then you have a, you know, able to move up pretty quickly, so I feel like that's how Hugh got his position as a writer. So we'll see. It's interesting. It's adding a lot of color to the episode. He brings him cupcakes when he's yeah, in a bad mood. Yeah, cupcakes. <laughs> he brings, yeah, he brings gifts. And all the while, Levon's trying to FaceTime Hank. That's yes. so annoying. Have you guys FaceTime before? I have. It never works. You need an internet connection and the 3G connection. So you're like, okay, well, I don't have Wi-Fi here, so I'm not going to FaceTime you. I don't know. The whole concept of that is kind of ugh. I think I, I, I've never used FaceTime. I feel like the only time I would ever use FaceTime is if I met a girl online and I wanted to see if it was really her. But other than that, it's like I don't want to FaceTime. I, I use it for like... Oh, it's uh, like today it's Easter. Like I'll probably FaceTime my grandparents and just be like, hey, guys. And then they can like pass the phone around. And I can say hello to everybody. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea. Well, all the more why it's annoying for Hank. Yeah. It's just like, okay, you can't, first off, you can't just call me or text me. Yeah. It's like that extra added step of FaceTime. But it's also, it's kind of funny how they play on that. Like FaceTime, really, you're not going to look good on it no matter what. Yeah. Like you're, you're holding it down here. You're going to have like the upward angle. It's like, and he calls, he's just like, yeah, man. How's it going, Dad? He doesn't care. You want to hang out, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what do you do? Oh, can you give me a job there? Yeah, he's very forward and blunt. And uh, 
it's funny because it's like Hank doesn't have that kind of relationship with anybody in his life. I mean, it's the second episode of the season. He hasn't referred to his daughter one time. He hasn't talked to her. He hasn't FaceTimed. You know, so it's like he doesn't have that relationship with anybody. Just basically, contact you know, talking to him all the time, unless it's Runkles. So to have somebody who he just met, who could quite possibly be his son, FaceTiming him from a couch from his mom's house, it's just like this is new territory for him. And I feel like he's going to get annoyed pretty quickly. Yeah, but you know, uh, you also look at it from his perspective. He doesn't know this. I mean, how many times did he bring up like, you know, you'll never let me down, Dad? Yeah, oh, like, the kid has no idea what's going on. He's ignorant to the fact, like he doesn't. Yeah, the fact that he doesn't think dads—that was a joke. It's so because it's like he doesn't think that dads will ever let him down, or like that's just not characteristic. Well, the it. fact that the fact that he's calling him dad. I mean, come on. If you found out that you were like randomly right now, you find out you're ado- you were adopted or something, yeah. and your real father was like next door, and you went and talked to him, yeah, you wouldn't be like, "Hey, dad." Yeah. Hey, dad. Good to see you. I haven't seen you all my life, but you're my dad, dad. Yeah, it's it shows a disconnect, certainly. Yeah, it definitely makes him a little more likable, too, because you want him to uh, find that connection that he's looking for. Does it? He, I mean, for I mean, it, it, he's definitely funny. Yeah. And just for lack of a better word, everyone keeps saying it. He's either weird or like, is he all there? Yeah, no, we're all not no, a little he's there. Half, he's half retarded. He's half retarded. It's okay, guys. But he seems nice. Like, he seems like his intentions are good. He's just looking for love and... Um, I mean, he's looking for a father figure in his life. Because in the episode, he mentions... Aw. <laughs> Thank you. Because in the episode, he mentions how, like, he doesn't... He's weird around guys. Like, he has trouble connecting with guys. Because growing up, like, I'm, I was raised by a single mom. And sometimes, like, I could see where he's coming from. Obviously, I'm not socially awkward. And I'm not, like, looking for somebody to fill that void. But he obviously has a difficult time connecting. He has no friends. His roommate is his mom. And it doesn't seem like he has anybody else in his life. So he's just looking, obviously, for somebody to fill that void. And I feel like... That's why Frank is in the picture. Oh man! Oh, your mom still got it. Yeah, yeah people. People tell me that. I, I just don't think that way. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's your mom. <laughs> yeah, he's missing something. There's definitely some screws loose in his head. So we get the we get the parent trap scene with them. Basically, oh yeah, it's my roommate. Oh, and oh, that's my mom. And she just had no idea that he even contacted him. How did he find out that Hank was his dad? I mean, it's, it's just. I'm I don't sure. know. Yeah, we really haven't. They really haven't examined that portion so much. It's just kind of like we, as an audience, I guess we have to accept the fact that they found it, but we don't know how. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you really want to find your dad, you can find your dad. Yeah, I don't know, but he, she must have mentioned him somehow, or that he was a writer, or where they met, or something. Well, that's why I'm still not sure if like he's really his dad or not. Like, yeah, but him and Julia. They have that connection. You know, they're not questioning... When they met up in the bar, they weren't really questioning it. Yeah. They kind of knew of what's going on. Which says, like, Frank might be actually open to the fact that he might have a son and he's okay with that. Because if he was really on the defense and he didn't want a son, he'd be like... Like, it would be an episode of Maury. Like, I want to see the DNA test. I don't think he's my son. And it's not like Julia's approaching him from an aggressive standpoint where she's looking to get some monetary gratification out of the fact. Like, she's not looking for money so far. So it's not like he has to get on his defense. It's it's basically like, well, this is my son, possibly your son, and, you know, he's just looking for a father figure, and I don't want you to hurt him. So. Well, we also I also want to kind of take a step back too to when when what time of life this was where hank met this met julia About because years ago yeah because he wasn't he wasn't like the gigantic womanizer of that hollywood made him remember because yeah. he met her in new york right yeah before he met karen yeah mm-hmm. and then he broke up with her saying he met somebody met karen mm-hmm. and this is possibly somebody he wants to spend the rest of his life with this is like this is like hank 
in the still mode of not tainted by sleeping with every person in Hollywood. Yeah. So, like, at this point, I think it's more that the fact that the pregnancy or the fact that, like, hey, you have a son is coming from somebody before his Hollywood life yeah. is even more kind of like, okay, this is probably not fake. Yeah. Probably hits him. And I think – and all the more reason why he's, I guess, trying to step up, you know, because, you know, it was a mistake on his part and things of that nature. It's uh, – <laughs> It's going to be interesting. You know, it, it's interesting because, remember, she points out, you don't have the ring. Did you ever marry someone? Mm-hmm. And she gives him, she lets him off the hook, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to get off the hook. He he helps out the kid. And, you know, it's because he shows up at the place yelling at the security guards. Well, he was about to quit when the kid showed up, too. Well, he was about to quit so he can spend more time with the kid. Yeah. So it kind of worked out both in their favors that he didn't have to quit but he could still see yeah him i feel like it tells a lot about his relationship with karen too because throughout the seasons he talks about how much he cares about karen but through his actions it doesn't show that he cares that much about karen because he's always like you know he has a new muse in his life or he'll cheat on her but the fact that somebody from his past you know brings up the fact that you know i once we once had sort of a relationship but you wanted to end things because there was somebody that you could see yourself ending up with. And that being Karen is this shows you like he actually really did have feelings for Karen. And, you know, there's something real there, which is nice to see. And it seems like f- women from Frank's past don't really hold that much of a grudge with Frank. Frank has that. Hank. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Hank. Hank has a way with girls where he can even no matter what he does for some reason. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like, they, he could break their heart. He could do whatever. But it, for, for some reason, they forgive him. And it just shows, like... Well, it's, it's also kind of like Hollywood. You know, like, the Hollywood mindset is everybody lies. Yeah. So, like, if you, if you, if you go into something, like, promising something and then they don't get that, mm-hmm. then, if, then you're the asshole. But, yeah. like, nobody can really fault him for a lot of the stuff he's done because he never went in being like, yeah, we're going to get married. We're going to date for a while. He goes in. Being they, himself, yeah. Yeah, they sleep together, and he's just like, well, I mean, I didn't say you were going to be my girlfriend. I just, I mean, it just happened. I mean, that's what we did. And you can't fault him for, you know, telling the truth. Yeah, and he's a writer. It's like, writing is all about life experience. So as he gets he's, into experience. Yeah, he's creating his life experience. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it would be an interesting plot twist if it, in fact, isn't his son, but. I don't, I think, I don't know. For me, I think we're past that point. Do you think it's quite possible that they end the season with Hank with Julia? I mean, that's going to be... Because here's the thing, right? So they're, they're so great in it um, in terms of the writing because last season we got someone who could have taken Hank away yeah. from Karen, and you know, but she was the younger version of Karen. Mm-hmm. Now we have someone from his past, you know, and as you pointed out last episode, you know, this is the one thing that he shared with Karen is, is having a child. He's had that with nobody yeah. else. Now he has that connection Julia and uh, how they're both blonde. Yeah. yeah. So was his muse last season. He likes them blondes. Yeah, she's cuter than Karen, in my opinion. I don't know. She's but it's it's tough, you know. How, now and you know now, do you, you know, one has he's got a son on one hand, he's got a daughter on the other. Yeah. She's kind of left him, so he doesn't necessarily need that connection with. Yeah, her as much anymore. You know, I think they're they've grown. You know, they have that relationship, but she's independent. And you know, if he wants to have a relationship with with his son, that also means a relationship kind of at this point now with Julia because you know, dad, mom. Yeah, 
forgive the reference, he'll have to get his mojo back. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It's nice. I think Hake likes the fact that somebody – everybody likes a, everybody likes the idea that somebody needs them, you know, in their life because it makes you feel important, at least for me. And, you know, he has Becca doing her thing, going on her little expedition, trying to figure herself out so she has writing material. But now he's got somebody in his life that needs him, and he's making it – FaceTiming him, contacting him, and going out of his way to try to have that person in his life – and that's got to be nice. It's got to be flattering. And it's it's an innocent approach, and I think he likes that. What, what do you guys think of, um, had he been able to tell Karen the truth, where do you think that would have left us? Right off the bat? Yeah, before Runks interrupted with his little winky. I think it would have left it with Marcy being like, shh. Like, well, forget, yeah. forget Marcy, <laughs> forget Runkle, forget Marcy. Forget them being in that room. Yeah, just it he was changed. able to do what he wanted to do. It, I think that's why the writing's so great on the show because it would have changed the whole pacing and energy of the whole episode because it was one of those things where it's inevitable. We know he has to tell her that you know there's something. But now else. he tells her, and he doesn't even tell her. She which just is like finds a, out yeah. in the worst of ways, which makes it a nice cliffhanger. Um, so I think I like how it did that because that's not the worst of ways. Okay, it's definitely that, not the worst. But way. he didn't tell her; she just walked in on the act, so it's completely different. So, she, as a woman, you could be like, "Well, why didn't you tell me earlier? I had to. Maybe you wouldn't have told me unless I walked in on it." Well, I mean, he could have turned her away at the door if he was going to do that. But honestly, like Hank has kind of the worst luck ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the worst of ways would have been if he ended up sleeping with her and she walked in on that. No, I don't. But I don't think you think he's gonna. He was going to do that. I think I think he's really caught in the middle where he wants to connect with the son. Yeah. He really wanted to tell Karen, mm-hmm. but got it, you know, got interrupted. It's all about timing. And then um and you, you know, I think I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up with with Julia. I think like I said, I think if he would have told her from the get-go before she walked in on Julia, she might have been a little more forgiving, but the fact that she's like, well, were you just going to keep this from me? Are you only telling me because I happen to walk in on you and Julia? So, I don't know. Uh, and then you have to, and what about, you have to factor her expectations in. As I said, I think because she was asking some of those questions and, and at the bar, and then he, you know, went against it, as, and as she says, you know, thank you for ignoring me. That's mm-hmm. what I'm great at. You know, I think she, the, the Hank charm is working on her too. Yeah, the Hank charm works on everybody. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's crazy because obviously Karen has a lot of feelings, and she thinks like because in the beginning of the episode she's talking about you know I'm she so got happy. the main she bag change. She got him a merce, a merce. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man bag for his new job. She's excited. You know, potentially things are going to start working out. They're going to try this again, and then obviously Julia comes in with Levon. So in Karen's mind, everything's going as planned. You know. Frank is changing for the better. You keep calling him Frank. Wait, did oh, yeah. You, did you have, did you have a father figure Why? named Frank in your life? <laughs> yeah. For Hank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. They rhyme. I, I'll just start calling him Moody. That's because they're two letters off. <laughs> yeah. That's why they rhyme. Frank and Hank, yeah. Anyway. It's Hank. Um, Steven, any thoughts? Man, I mean, I don't know where this is going. I think he's going to develop this relationship in the in the scheme of writing. I don't think it's he's going to be the father. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like the coming of age thing for Hank. Is like Hank wants to be that responsible adult. Hank wants to be that person this season, and then this is just a wrench that's thrown into that whole mechanism. But for him to have develop a relationship with this with with Levon mm-hmm. is kind of like a growing up experience, and I feel like it's going to 
strengthen his relationship with uh, with Becca through having this experience with somebody like, well, what do you, how do you deal with this situation with a young adult who doesn't know where the father is, who wants to actually have a relationship with Hank, who thinks it's cool what he does as opposed to Becca, who, Becca, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like he's not going to be the dad, but I feel like he's going to really have a good connection with, with Levon in the end. And it's not, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, he'll be a positive influence. Yeah. I'm life. not, I'm not your dad, but I mean, it doesn't mean I can't still be your father figure. Yeah. I feel like that's going to, Mess them up ten times more. Oh, it will. But I didn't say it won't. I'm just saying it's. <sighs> I don't yeah. know. That would be yeah. That would be a good twist at the end. He's not your father because Levon's gonna be like this guy that I like have a connection with who I think is the coolest guy ever. He's a novelist. He's a television writer. All this. We share the same DNA, and at the end, he finds out. No, you guys don't share this same DNA. That's not your father. This is your father. Some guy working the McDonald's drive-through or something like that. So it almost probably makes him feel amazing that he's able to you know because obviously levon feels like a loser you know he doesn't have that much going he lives with his mom he's got photos of his mom everywhere he doesn't have any friends and to think like you know what this guy could potentially be my father and this guy has it all made he's cool he's he he gets girls he has everything that's terrifying because you just you just gave me a prediction uh when you said the mcdonald's thing If, if they put it in the hands of hank who his real father is like yeah. if if let's say Hank just decides he really wants to know and he without their knowledge gets his yeah. DNA and gets a DNA test run mm-hmm. and finds out who the father is and it is somebody who's like just a total deadbeat like yeah. nobody like that's the secret Hank holds whether he tells Levon whether he tells Julia like do you think he would that's the thing it's like he'd have to make that decision it's like he has to either live with this knowing that he's not this kid's father and kind of treat him the same way he's always has or introduce the kid and now his whole like father influence from hank mm-hmm. i mean he's going to want to know his real father and then if his real father's an idiot it's just going to conflict him even more and make him this even more socially awkward kid yeah that's a tough one that's writing right there i think that's what they'll go to do with i don't it. they've never gone with anyone they go such a different route um speaking of that why don't we get into predictions all right Ooh. and now you're after buzz Um, we see snippets here and there. Oh, before we, before we knock that out, I forgot one more thing. Oh, uh, did we mention, uh, we mentioned that Levon got the job there. He's oh yeah, his, yeah, this is his like first job basically. Yeah, he's going to be a PA at the, at the set. Says that the donut cop sucked and right to Rat's face and Rat's like, all right. And then, um, dude, Runkle, that whole scene with Runkle where Hank's quitting. And yeah. Hank quits with Marcy in the background, like, fucking just pointing at her vagina and things like that. That was hilarious. And then when he shows up to set, he's like, dude, your agent guy called. He said you were in a car accident. Yeah. No, I, I think it's funny. But I, think- that's, that's, I love how that's Runkle's way of getting at it, because Runkle can't handle anything. Mm-hmm. And, again, Hank shouldn't have put that on him, even though he says, you know, that's why I have you to break the hard news. That's why you make your extra 5%. Yeah. Sure. Well, he now. just found out that Runkle's his manager and not his agent. Well, right, Runkle's not, yeah, because Runkle's no longer an agent, yeah, and he has no other clients. That was a smart move on his part, though. I mean, he got in a car accident. If if he just told Rath, oh, he wants to quit on his first day, it would have been bad for Hank. <laughs> Get that extra five percent, you know. Well, it also it also keeps him his job. Yeah, so they, if, they employ if, each other. Basically, they both need yeah. each other. If Hank wants to just come back like he did, yeah, he's still able to. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Well, I already said my predictions, really. 
Um, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see where it's going. Uh, obviously, the the cliffhangers, Karen and, and um, Julia now mm. see each other, and, and we're gonna. I don't know who we're gonna end up with. I don't know who. I, they, they always present such a, you know, um, a tough choice for us as the audience. It's like, well, yeah. we like Karen, but I don't. You know, right off the bat, I don't, mind, I don't mind her either. I don't hate her. What's her skeleton in the closet? I have a lot of predictions. I feel like Julia and Karen. I feel like they're going to become really good friends. And Is this like the other friends. woman? <laughs> what? The movie coming out where the women of, of the of of the guy's life they just all bond besties, together, yeah. have coffee dates. Um, I feel like those two are going to connect, and they're going to, you know, obviously, I think they're going to become really close friends. I think Levon. Here's this crazy prediction, just because I think it would be interesting. He wants to be an actor. I think maybe he gets discovered on the lot, and he gets a small part, and uh, he gets like a line or two in some movie, and. He blows up, and he has a decent career out of that, and that would give him a lot of confidence as well. So I think maybe Levon might, you know, be successful in a small role in a movie or something. It might be. It, it would be very funny if we went meta and cast him in Project X yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I could see that happening because he has an interesting look, and he could play like a stoner and kind of loser nerdy look. So I think that would be an interesting uh, spin on things. And I honestly don't think that is uh, Levon is um, Hank's son. I think we're going to find out that his son is a deadbeat guy, and I do think um, what you said was correct, that I think the person who's going to find out is going to be indeed Hank. And whether Hank tells him or not, it's going to be up to Hank, and it's going to show a lot about his character, and I feel like Hank's not going to tell him. By the way, kudos to Oliver Cooper for, you know, just that one scene, you know, you have Heather Graham and David Duchovny and him, Mm -hmm. and he, you know, for his acting role, this is phenomenal. He's standing right there, and, you know, and that's what's so great. I'm still here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he's really holding his own it is weird though that Heather Graham Julia has pictures of herself all over her apartment I mean I don't have a single photo of myself in my apartment and I feel like her whole apartment is completely I don't think it's that weird you don't think so just photos of herself I I mean she was an actress too so it's like her with people her with other people her with her family and it's girls you're a guy yeah true story but uh yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens all right, well, thank you guys for tuning in this week. And uh, let us know what your thoughts are by commenting, whether on iTunes, YouTube, the website, whatever it may be, or email us at info at AfterBuzzTV. And guess what? There's the uh, there's the AfterBuzz app, whether Android or iOS. Just go on the website, download it, or search for it on Android um, or iTunes. You know, get your AfterBuzz shows that much faster. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can tweet us at AfterBuzzTV, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Uh, oh, where can they find you uh, guys? You can find me on Instagram at Greek Casanova. That's like uh, the Greek Hank Moody, except Greek Casanova. Heck Stephen yeah. Lemieux. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, or just Twitter, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X. As well as, I don't know, I'm not doing any of shows yet, so we'll see. All right. All right. Well, it's been Californication, Episode 2 of Season 7. We'll see you next week with Roxy Stryer. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 